Welcome and good evening to each and every one of you who are gathered here with us this evening and to all of you who are watching at home. We want to wish each and every one of you a Merry Christmas and, uh, and it's good to, to be with you as we gather this uh, Christmas Eve to celebrate the, the birth of Christ. Um, as we think about, uh, as you'll see in this service, there's going to be seven different scripture readings. And I was thinking about the, the seven sayings of Christ on the cross. Um, but we're not going to hear about Christ on the cross today. We're going to hear the seven words from God's word about Christmas. And so each of those scripture readings will be followed by a message, not a normal length sermon, but a shortened message. So, so as we hear uh, God's word for us t- t- today, this Christmas, we'll be hearing um, what God's word has to say to each and every one of us in our lives and in our current situations uh, in life as well uh, this Christmas and um, for all time. So it's uh, good to be with all of you. And again, thank you for joining us in worship, and we hope to see you again real soon. If you are able, please rise. The message of Advent was the message of hope, peace, joy, and love as we look towards the birth of our Savior. As we celebrate Christ's birth, we not only light these Advent candles, we also light the Christ candle this day. And remember the promises given and the promises kept in God's word. We remember the one who is the word made flesh, the one who would save his people from their sins. We remember the light that shines in the darkness, the light of the world that has come into our midst, the true light that gives light to everyone. We gather together in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and give him all our praise and our honor. Amen. You may be seated. The first reading is from Genesis chapter 3, reading of verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say you should not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, and knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And the man said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And God said, Well, who told you that you were naked? 
Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, Well, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit of the tree, and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. And the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, Cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. This is the word of the Lord. We sing, Come, Thou Long-Expected Jesus. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for today's first message comes from the Old Testament reading of Genesis, as you heard a few moments ago. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, in the beginning God created everything, and it was very good. It was perfect. He created Adam and Eve, and they were perfect. And then Satan tempts Eve. She takes the fruit and she eats. She gives it to Adam, who is right there with her, who didn't stop her from eating. And he takes and he eats. And he's the one who ultimately bears responsibility because God calls him out, not the woman. But what we see after God calls to Adam we see that Adam and Eve don't 
take responsibility for themselves. They just blame. It was the woman that you gave me, God. The serpent deceived me. And what we see in God's first words in response to the fall of Adam and Eve are not words to them. They're to the serpent. And this is where our hope for Christmas begins. You, Satan, will bruise his heel, and he, the male offspring of Eve, will bruise your head. The ESV is okay, but the NIV gets the point across much better. You, Satan, will strike his heel, and he, the male offspring of Eve, will crush your head. This passage is the first gospel. The serpent crusher is going to come one day. All people put their hope in that. This passage is where Christmas begins. But it will be a long time before God's promise being given. It'll be a long time between God's promise being given and God's promise being fulfilled. Many years have gone by since Adam and Eve in the garden, and not much has changed. From the beginning, man sinned. And today, that still happens. As David tells us in Psalm 51, Surely we are sinful at birth, sinful from the time our mother conceived us. Yes, those babies in the womb are miraculous, wonderful creations. And they are also imperfect human beings who are deserving of death. That is part of the curse of sin that was given to Adam. That we will all one day die. For dust we are, and to dust we will return. But it's not just physical death that we deserve for our sins. It's eternal death. It's hell. It's damnation for you for me, for even those tiny little babies in the womb. And from the beginning of man's sin, God gave the promise to bring about the redemption of his people because of their sin, to save them from death and hell. For Adam and Eve, it was coming. Christmas was on its way, but it wouldn't happen in their lifetime. And so their descendants would hold on to that promise a promise one day to be fulfilled. Amen. Let us pray. Holy God, in the manger, despite appearances, we find Emmanuel, God with us, to deliver us from sin. Open our eyes by faith to find this same Savior with us in the word and sacraments. Preserve us by your grace in the holiness of Christ, so that we too might dwell in your light and life for eternity. This we ask in your most holy name. Amen. Is from Isaiah chapter 9, reading it, verse 2. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness... On them has light shined. You have multiplied the nation. 
You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness, from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. This is the word of the Lord. We sing, it came upon the midnight clear. Touch their 
from Isaiah chapter 9. God spoke to Adam and Eve directly because he was there with them in the garden. But sin led them to be cast out of the garden so that they could not eat from the tree of life and live forever. From then on, God spoke to his people most often by using other people. Moses, the prophets. Prophets like Isaiah, who brings another promise about the one who was to come. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. Peace. Take a look at the world and tell me how much peace you see. Take a look at your life and tell me how much peace you see. Or is your life, like we could describe the world, full of conflict? Conflict in yourself? Conflict with others? Friends? Family? The church? Sin casts us from God's presence, just like Adam and Eve in the garden. But it's not like God boots us like he did with them. Our casting is self-exclusion. Our sin separates us from God. But it's our fault. We're the ones who give in to temptation. We're the ones who sin. And every time we sin, we put ourselves in the place of God, proclaiming that we know better than he does about the decisions that we make for our lives. But we are not God. We do not know best. He does. And then when we fall, just like Adam and Eve, we don't take responsibility for our failures, for our sin. We like to blame. It's not my fault, God. It was the person who tempted me. They're the bad one, not me. The devil made me do it. It was my upbringing. It was my circumstances. It was anything but me. We have conflict because of sin. And this creates conflict with others. So, what are you currently struggling with? What are you in conflict with? What are you going through that separates you from God, that causes you to cast yourself from his presence, that causes you to exclude yourself from his company? And even though sin separates us from God, God still speaks to us. Isaiah still speaks to us because to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and he is the prince of peace. And he comes to make peace between us and God because of our sin, and he comes to make peace between us and others because of our sin. Where do you need the prince of peace today? Amen. Let us pray.
holy and gracious Lord. Your Son became flesh with heart and hands to bear our sins to the cross, that our hearts might be pure and our hands clean before you. As we give thanks for your Son's incarnation, strengthen our faith with the remembrance that he is born to save us by his life, death, and resurrection. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The third reading is from Matthew chapter 1, reading at verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. We will sing from heaven above to earth I come.
Matthew chapter 1. A few thousand years after the promise is first given about the serpent crusher, an angel visits Mary, who tells her that even though she was a virgin, she will conceive in her womb a son, Jesus, who will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. An angel then visits Joseph after he heard that Mary, his betrothed, was pregnant, and he was going to divorce her quietly. And the angel tells him, that which is conceived in Mary is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. His name means the Lord saves. God is salvation. Salvation. It is clear that Jesus is the Savior. Jesus is coming into the world. And he is coming at a time when God's prophets, like Isaiah, had not been heard from in a few hundred years. Many may have thought that God had left them completely, that he had stopped caring about his people. It's easy to think that sometimes when we look at our world today, our circumstances, where we have conflict, where there is no peace, that God has left us, that he doesn't care about us. God still speaks. The promise of the serpent crusher, the prince of peace, is now proclaimed to be in the womb of Mary, a humble servant. Jesus, the Savior, is going to come, and God is going to speak to his people through his Son. He is going to speak to them himself directly because Jesus is God. After thousands of years of waiting, anticipating the promised Messiah, after hundreds of years of silence, God is going to make it known that he does care about his people, that he does care about us, that he does love us that he never left us. Because as the angel makes clear from the words of the prophet Isaiah, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Jesus is that promise, kept, realized, and fulfilled. He is here. He is with us. And he is here for you. Amen. Let us pray. God of comfort, you sent an angel to reveal to Joseph that the child in Mary's womb was your own, preserving their marriage and family. Preserve our homes also by your holy word. Fill them with your grace, that husbands and wives, parents and children, may live in peace and love with one another. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The fourth reading is from Luke chapter 1, reading at verse 39. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leapt in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, 
and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Please stand and sing Joy to the World. From Luke chapter 1, God had not used prophets to speak to his people for a few hundred years, and now God was going to speak to his people through his son. But before Jesus begins his ministry on earth, there is one who comes directly before him, one who prepares the way. His name was John, and the first time we hear from him, is not in the wilderness preaching repentance because the kingdom of heaven is coming. The first time we hear from John is from his mother's womb. And he doesn't speak words, but he certainly proclaims a message. As he leaps for joy in his mother's womb, he proclaims the message that Jesus is the Savior of the world. Even without seeing that baby on an ultrasound, John knew that he was the Savior. Now, I'm not a woman, so I don't know what it's like to carry a baby in a womb. I don't know what it's like to have 
the feeling of a baby kicking you or the feeling of a baby with hiccups. And I certainly don't know what it feels like to have a baby leap for joy in a womb. But this is the message that John brings. As we sing it, joy to the world, the Lord is come. It's exactly what was happening with John. Absolutely, the Lord is come. The other message that John proclaims is that babies can have faith. Because John is filled with the Holy Spirit even in his mother's womb. Jesus himself was a baby and shows us that babies are treasured people. Even though they are sinful, they are also his children. And even they can teach us something about the Savior. And the message of Jesus coming to save his people from their sins is a message of joy for even the smallest babies in the womb. For the young and old of our hurting and troubled world. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, by the gift of your Holy Spirit, we testify that your Son is the Savior of the world. Pour out your Spirit continually upon your people. Bless your called servants as they proclaim Jesus, who became flesh to save us by dying and rising again. And open our mouths to praise the name of the one born in Bethlehem, in whose name we pray. Amen. Please rise. For the fifth reading, it is the Holy Gospel. Please rise. From Luke chapter 2, reading at verse 1, the Christmas Gospel. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. This is the gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. We'll sing, He has come for us. Resting Mary, gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. He has come for us. 
From Luke chapter 2. This is Christmas realized. No matter how hard the journey was for Mary and Joseph, no matter what people may have thought hearing that Mary was pregnant and it wasn't Joseph's, whatever the road they traveled to get there, they made it to Bethlehem as had been foretold by the prophet Micah. As Mary wrapped the baby Jesus in swaddling cloths and placed him in the manger, she knew, Joseph knew, that this child was the promise from Genesis kept, realized and fulfilled as he sleeps or cries in Bethlehem. And for those of you who are parents and have gone through childbirth, As that child is born, you might know that nothing else in the world matters apart from that baby. You can imagine the same for Mary and Joseph too. Nothing else in the world mattered besides that child. Here he was. He had finally come, and he was going to change 
everything. There he is. He has come for us. The serpent crusher. Today for all of you, wherever you're at, whatever you're going through, I want you to be like Mary and Joseph. And I want nothing else in the world to matter to you apart from Jesus. Yes, you have sin, and you have temptation, and you have conflict. The Lord has come. He has come for us, and he has come to do away with sin and conflict. And even though we focus on baby Jesus in the manger today, nothing else matters apart from him. Because even when we look ahead, and we look ahead to his death, we're still focusing on him. And especially when we look at his resurrection from the dead, because it's in that, it's in him where we find the assurance for the forgiveness of our sins. And we find the assurance of our salvation. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty Father, you've given your Son, born of Mary, to be the Savior of the world. You love us and sent your Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Strengthen us to love one another. As you have mercy upon all who are poor and troubled, so perfect your love in us, that we would gladly be in your instruments of help in time of need. Send your Spirit and abide with us, that we might confess that Jesus is the Savior of the world and abide in your love until he comes again with glory, in glory. For he lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Next reading, please rise for the Christmas Gospel from Luke chapter 2, reading at verse 8. And in the same region... There were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. This is the gospel of the Lord. We pray the Lord's prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We remain standing and sing Angels We Have Heard on High.
You may be seated. From Luke chapter 2, this is Christmas. The message of Christ's birth being proclaimed to the shepherds. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The public message of Christ's birth first proclaimed to poor, lowly, stinky shepherds who were out in their fields at night in the darkness watching over their flocks. And then an angel of the Lord appears to them. The glory of the Lord shines around them. The multitude of the heavenly host shines forth bringing the message of the Savior who has been born, the light of the world who now shines in the darkness. Jesus, the light of the world, shines in your darkness too. You poor, lowly, stinky sinner. And his message is the same. He is Savior, Christ the Lord. He has come to save you from your sins. He has come to bring you forgiveness. He has come to save you. He has come to rescue you from death and damnation. He comes to crush the serpent, Satan, once and for all. He has come to make you clean, to wash you with his precious blood, his precious blood that he will shed on the cross for you to bring you forgiveness for all of your sins. And he rose from the dead to give you heaven. Why? Because he loves you. He loves you so much that he would willingly do all of it for you. Give up his life for you. The message proclaimed by the angels, announced by the shepherds, is also yours today. And as we'll hear later, the shepherds praise God for all that they had seen and heard. You too can proclaim all that you have seen and heard about Jesus coming for you, dying for you, rising for you to give you forgiveness, life, and salvation, conquering sin, death, and the devil. He is the promise given, fulfilled, and he is Christmas. Amen. I invite you to rise as we confess our faith in the words of the Christmas Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of all things, who sent his Son as my Savior. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, announced by angels, worshipped by the shepherds, adored by the wise men, who lived to suffer, die, and rise again, to free us from sin, death, and the power of the devil. I believe in the Holy Spirit, who has brought me to faith in the Christ, and by whose continuous work in my heart I am ever led to lay before the feet of Christ my worship, my life, my love, to live under him as my King, both now and forevermore. Amen. Reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, reading at verse 15. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. 
And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. This is the gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Finally, from Luke chapter 2. The good news of great joy is proclaimed to the shepherds and they go quickly and find the baby who has been wrapped in swaddling cloths and is lying in a manger. And when the shepherds saw him, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. At a time where there is concern over viruses, Jesus is the one thing worth spreading. He is the one thing that we want in our lives that is contagious because he changes everything. He changes Joseph. He changes Mary. He changes John. He changes the shepherds. He changes you. And he changes me. And we have this good news of great joy that we can't just keep inside ourselves, hidden away from the rest of the world. Because this message is a message for all people. This message is the message of Christmas, and it is the message for all time and all places. But soon, you will leave this place. After all, the shepherds leave. They couldn't stay at the side of the manger forever. And so Joseph and Mary are left with baby Jesus again. And Mary? Well, Mary treasured up these things, pondering them in her heart. Moms with newborns may not have very many free moments to treasure and ponder. Did Mary have a silent night? Maybe. I mean, after all, Jesus is perfect. Did Mary have a crying baby? Maybe. After all, Mary, Jesus is human. Either way, Mary was staring at the face of Emmanuel, God with us, God made flesh, love incarnate, the Savior, the Christ, the Messiah, the serpent crusher, mighty God, the Prince of Peace, the good news of great joy. She was staring at Christmas. After you leave here, treasure the good news of Christ in your heart. Treasure Christ. But not just once a year at Christmas so that you come back next year and you're like, all right, I was supposed to treasure Christ. Treasure this message every day of every year and proclaim it to others. And as the Holy Spirit filled John in the womb with faith, Jesus has sent his Holy Spirit to fill you with faith. Faith given to you in baptism. Faith given to you through the word. So that you can treasure Christ. His birth, his death, and his resurrection from the dead. And proclaim it to others through his power at work in you. This 
is Christmas. Promises given, promises realized, promises kept, fulfilled, and promises proclaimed. Amen. Rise. As we light our candles, we are reminded that once we were in darkness, but now the light of the world, who became flesh and lived among us, has come into our lives. As the light spreads, we remember that God has dispelled darkness forever through the birth of Jesus Christ, the light of the world. The true light that enlightens all has come into the world. That light shines on in the darkness, and the darkness has never been able to put it out. We sing Silent Night.
The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. O come, let us adore him. God has given us the greatest gift ever. He has shared his love and himself with us in the person of Jesus, who shared himself with us in loving us and giving himself for us. O come, let us adore him. The angels sang good news of great joy that is for all people. Go and share this gift with them, the good news of great joy that is for all people. O come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. His name is still called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. He is still King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He is still our hope, peace, joy, and love. He is still Emmanuel, God with us. The Lord Jesus Christ, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever, who was and is and always will be, bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance, his favor upon each and every one of you, and give you his peace, now and forevermore. Amen.
You may be seated. Again, thank you all for joining us here in person. Thank you all for joining us online. Uh, we pray you have a blessed Merry Christmas. And um, tomorrow's Christmas Day service, 1045, and Sunday, December 26, 1045 as well. We hope to have you online as well again. Thank you. Take care. God bless. Merry Christmas.